Hey, welcome to New City Online. My name's Ron, I'm one of the pastors here, and if this is your first time joining us, I wanna say a special welcome to you. If you'd like to learn more about New City Church and take that step toward connection with us, you can do so at newcity.us connect. We'd love to know you're tuning in and have a chance to connect you to all that God is doing here. Also wanna let you know that next week, we'll be making the switch to New City Live. This will be a broadcast from our South Park location at 10 a.m. and will only be available on our website and YouTube platforms. As always, you can watch On Demand anytime afterwards as well. Personally, I'm really excited about this change as this will give many of you who can't be here on Sundays a live look in one of our locations. And although we won't have music live, there's always the option to pull up some new city worship on our YouTube channel before the sermon begins. Finally, I wanna take a moment to thank each of you who give so faithfully to New City Church. It's amazing to see the ways that God uses your generosity to fuel the work he's doing in our city and world. If you'd like to give, you can do so at newcity.us give. But if you're a guest today, please feel no obligation. We want this service to be our gift to you. Now let's continue to worship together. Keep 
for us. We start the year and we sort of know um, at, at the beginning of the year where we're going, what sort of pots are going where. But then at the end of the year when we see, you know, his, his income can fluctuate. And so if there's, you know, money left over, then, it, then it's even more fun because then we sort of sit down and go, okay, this is cool. So who can we bless? Like, what can we do with this amount of money? How many people can we serve with this amount of money? And we have traditionally tried to get the kids involved. Um, we have an MH pick a nonprofit and tell us, you know, why, why, you know, what is it about these people and who they're serving that speaks to you, and why do you want to give to them? And and really, in doing that, we're just trying to share with them that it is not ours. We receive from him with our hands open, and it enables us to give from all the blessings he's given to us. There's a, an analogy. Um, that I love and it's it talks about it says we are like a cup 
and God wants to pour blessings in us and he fills up our cup, but he can only fill it up so much if, if, there's, if, if there's nothing coming out of it. If we hold on to, to everything God has given us because it's, it's, it's ours, then he can only pour so much into that cup. If we cut a hole in the bottom of the cup and we start letting some of that pour out to other people, then God can keep pouring more in the top of our cup. And the more he pours in, the more we can give away. And it's just, it's just fun. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for New City Online. Before we jump into the second part of our Keep the Change series, I wanted to mention that beginning next week, our online broadcast will move to 10 a.m. So if you watch faithfully, thank you for joining us online. And make plans next week to join us at 10 a.m. for a live broadcast as we switch the format and the time to 10 a.m. And we'll be beginning the second part of our Daniel series in Daniel chapter 6. So if you want to read ahead, in Daniel 6, we'll be jumping in uh, to the lion's den and the second part of Daniel's story next week at 10 a.m. Today, we're going to finish our Keep the Change series, a, a series on, on generosity that we began last week. Uh, I brought a change jar here. Maybe some of you have one of these by your door or you used to or you remember having this uh, in your house when you'd come in from at the end of the day. You'd empty your pockets and, and put the change in the change jar. And maybe some of you would collect that and go do something fun or special afterwards. We, a lot of us don't have these anymore. Uh, a lot of us don't keep coins anymore, but we used to, and we used to keep the change after we, after we paid and, and used that for something fun in our lives. And so we use that, that expression around our generosity series this year, keep the change, because the truth is that when we give according to what God says, we get to keep the change. It's almost like our hearts, like this change jar, kind of, kind of get filled up. And, and the change that happens in our, in our lives happens as we, we give generously and we open our hands to what God wants to do. Because here's the bottom line, and we started this last week, uh, we shared this principle last week, and I want to share it again just as a bottom line for the entire generosity series, that God doesn't want something from you. Like when it comes to the idea of giving and, and generosity, and for some of you who grew up in the church, you know, you think you, you've kind of heard a bunch of giving messages, and maybe you think all the church wants to talk about is, is money, but the truth is that God doesn't want something from you. God wants something for you. And when it comes to generosity, biblical generosity, what the Bible teaches us about giving and, 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 and how to move uh, towards God's heart in our giving, God wants to, to do something in us. He wants us to keep the change that happens as we give to other people in a generous way. Jesus said it this way, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So if we look at our, our bank accounts uh, we, can, we can see where our affections are, where our desires are, where our heart is. Uh, that's how important and powerful giving is. And, you know, Jesus talked about giving almost more than anything else. And it's not because, again, that he wanted money or he wanted something from people. The Bible says that God owns cattle on a thousand hills. He, he doesn't need our money. There's nothing he wants from us. God wants something for us. And he knows that money is the chief rival for many of us to our affections for God. It, 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 it competes with God for the affections of our hearts and the place in our hearts. And, and God knows that as we give generously, as we're stewards of what God has given to us, our, our time, our influence, um, our skills, our talents, and our treasure and our money, as we're good stewards of that, God changes us from the inside out. 
And the passage that we want to look at that we teach every single year at New City on generosity is this an incredible teaching that Paul gives to a church just like ours, a local church in the city of Corinth. And the passage is found in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. And Pastor Rodney and Pastor Nick started this series last week, Keep the Change, and they looked specifically at chapter 8. And we're looking at some principles that Paul teaches about keeping the change, about the change that happens in our hearts and the, the idea of how God wants us to handle money and be generous. And so we, we've kind of framed these up at New City in five Ps. The principles of generosity, a framework of how to be generous and how to handle money God's way. And when we do that, the whole idea is that God enriches us and he changes us, that we get to keep the change that comes into our hearts and our lives as we live biblically and we live according to these principles. So we teach them every single year. For, for some of you, these might be a review. For some of you, it's the first time that you've heard this. But what we want to teach is what God says about our money and the power of generosity and giving according to what God says. And so last week, we hit the first two Ps of the five. Uh, we started by talking about how our generosity, our giving, should be prayerful. And Paul, when he opens up this section to the church, he, he says, he references the Macedonians, uh, some, some other Christ followers in a different region. He says, you know, the Macedonian church, when they gave, they gave first, go back and read it in chapter 8. He says, they gave themselves first to God and then to us. And so last week we talked about the, the posture of prayer is a posture of dependence on God and relying on him. And so the Macedonian church, as Paul teaches this first principle of generosity, generosity begins with us giving our hearts to Jesus and aligning our hearts every single day because the Bible teaches us that we should pray continually and constantly, constantly depending on him and relying on him, giving ourselves to God first. Here's the deal, guys. All of these principles, these five principles, none of them make sense if you don't get the first one. If we don't give our hearts to God first, if we're not prayerful about our giving, if we're not going to God with everything in our lives and saying, God, what would you have me to do? What is your will here? What do you want me to do? None of these things make sense. They all build on the idea that we're giving our hearts first to God and then to, to, to biblical generosity, specifically giving of our money. So Paul says the first principle in giving where it all begins is your prayer life. So I just would ask this simple question today when it comes to your giving. Have you prayed about your giving? Have you, have you asked God to give you wisdom about what you should give, about how you should give, about where you should give? Maybe just start there. God, God would, you, would you cultivate in my, my heart a, a heart of generosity? And would you give me wisdom to know how much I should give, where I should give, when I should give? Ask God for help. God wants us to be generous. He wants to change our hearts, and it begins with us being prayerful about our giving. That's the first principle. The second is that our giving should be prioritized. I want you to look at the end of chapter 8 in 2 Corinthians, specifically verse 24, uh, all the way over into chapter 9, verse 2. Paul says that your giving should be prioritized. Uh, specifically, he says, <laughs> these are my words, verse 24, he says, you've been talking about giving, church, in, at, at Corinth. I want you to put your, literally, your money where your mouth is. I want you to show the other churches that you mean what you say. 
You say you want to be generous. You say, you say you want to be kind. You say you want to participate. So I want you to, to lead the way with your example. Show them your love. Prove to all the churches that you are generous. And the only way you can do that is to make giving a priority. You know, we, we borrow this from Dave Ramsey and what he teaches on generosity and giving. He says, you know, really the order should be give and then save and then spend. When you look at the, the, the chunk of money that comes into your household, whatever the amount may be, it starts with your giving, right? It's a priority to give. And, and, and then you need to save. You absolutely should save. And, and then you, you, you spend. But the truth is, right, that many of us, that's, ex that's completely reversed, right? We, like, here's all my bills. <laughs> you know, I've got, a, I've got a ledger of all the things that are going out that I've got to pay for. And, and then I know, I know I should save, like I want to retire one day or I want to travel or want to, you know, send my kids to college. So I know I should save. I want to do that. And then whatever is left over, then we might think about giving. But actually, it should be reversed. Giving should be a priority. It should come first. And then should come our saving. And then should come our, our spending. And so Paul says, you know, simply here, the principle is you, you, you got you to prove that you're generous. You got to prioritize it. You got to show other people by your actions and by making it first in your life. All right, so if you haven't already gotten to the passage, please get there in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 because we're going to continue by looking at these five principles with the final three. And the third one is that Paul says your giving should be planned. It's prayerful, it's prioritized, and then it's planned. Let's jump into God's word here and look specifically at verses 3 through 5 in 2 Corinthians 9. Paul says, I'm sending brothers ahead to be sure that you are, circle in your Bibles, the word here in the NLT is ready. And he repeats that word several times here in this passage, that you're ready. As I've been telling them that your money is all collected, I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you, Paul says. We would be embarrassed, not to mention your own embarrassment, if some Macedonian believers came with me and found that you weren't, here's the word again, ready after all, I had told them about your generosity. So I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is, here it is again, ready. But I want it to be a willing gift and not one that's given grudgingly. There's something about planning your giving that allows you to give willingly and not begrudgingly. And I think it's that, you know, kind of back to that whole idea of prioritizing your giving, that when you're, when you're giving as planned, that when, when the actual moment comes for you to put the money in the offering plate or to give it online or however you choose to do that, that it's not prying your fingers open because you're thinking, no, I've, I've got to spend it on all these other things. I've already got it allocated, uh, that you've actually planned to be generous. And, and, that, and that brings me to, you know, kind of a, 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 a statement on this, that you're, a lot of times your heart, people's hearts are ready to give. They're, they're generous in their hearts, kind of like the Corinthian church. They've been talking about how they want to be generous and how they, ha they have a heart for generosity. But what Paul says is you've got to match your heart with your, with your wallet. Um, in other words, for some folks, your heart is ready, but the real question is, is your wallet ready? Meaning, have you planned your budget to where you have margin to be generous? Have you prioritized giving as the first thing instead of the last thing and giving God the leftovers of your budget? Most people want to be generous, but their lack of financial planning doesn't allow them to be generous. So in other words, you might be in a worship service or you might be 
at an event or you might have a conversation with someone and the Holy Spirit just moves in your heart and you know that God's asking you to participate in an offering or to give. But when you look at your budget and you go to write a check or you pull out your wallet, there's nothing there for you to give. And so what Paul says here is you, you got to be ready. And the only way to be ready is to be planned, to think ahead. God moves my heart. I, I want to give something to, to what he's clearly doing, but my wallet and my money are already spoken for. But here's the deal, guys. You tell your money where to go. Your money doesn't tell you where to go. You direct your money. You plan for where every single dollar goes. Don't let the money drive you. So many of us have become enslaved to money because we've, we've spent it on all these things. We've allocated it in all these other buckets to where we're serving our money. It tells us where to go instead of us directing every single dollar to go and live on mission, whatever that might be, giving, saving, spending. It's got to be planned. Plan for your financial giving and have the faith to follow through on it. Plan on how you can be generous. You know, one of the things that I share all the time with our team is the more disciplined we can be, the more spontaneous we can be. To say it another way, the more disciplined you are, the freer you can be. And this is true in our finances. The more planned and disciplined and ready that we are, the more spontaneous we can be because we've created margin to be generous. For us personally, just to share an example, this is this is just an editorial comment about how this has worked for us, this principle of being planned. We've automated our giving. I know that's not for every, everyone. Some, some folks uh, like writing a check, like putting in the, in, in the offering plate or in the, uh, the giving box. I, I understand that. For us, it was a game changer because what it allowed us to do was to, to live out these principles and then to plan and be ready for that giving by automating our giving so it goes out the first thing every month. Our giving is the very first thing. In fact, it goes out on the 30th or 31st, the last day of the month, so that it's the first thing that goes out of our bank account every single month. And we've planned for that. That would not happen, just trust me. That would not happen in our house if we didn't automate it. And it wouldn't be for, for a lack of desire. It would just be for a lack of execution. We would forget the check. And a lot of times we used to do that. We, Jen and I would look at each other and say, did you write the check? Did you write the check? Did, did you get it today? When we forget, and then a week turns into a month, and then on and on and on. You get to the end of the year, and you look at your giving statement, and you go, I thought we gave a lot more. Well, in our hearts, we gave a lot more, but with our hands and our wallets, we didn't. We didn't follow through on it because we weren't planned. So just for us, again, this is just a personal you know, you know, example. Uh, it's not something that's necessarily a biblical mandate, but I think the idea, the principle is that it's your giving is planned. And a great way to do that in the time that we live in is to automate it, uh, to give online. I know many of you do that. We've set it to go out that, like I said, the it's actually the last day of the month, so it's the first thing that goes out of our bank account every single month. And here's the deal, we set the amount, right? So we're not praying every single month about, well, what should we give? What should we give? Every year we sit down and go through this and we set our amount based on our income. And then as we have margin or overage or whatever, we're able to give above and beyond that. And we do. So for us, as we plan, our giving to our local church is the kind of the big rock of our giving. But then we put a lot of other rocks around that to other organizations, to, to missionaries, to partners, other people, as we have the margin to do that. All right, here's the fourth thing. Paul says your giving should be personal. All right, so it starts with prayer, right? Giving yourself to God. Then it's got to be a priority, right? You, you've you've got to put your money where your mouth is. It's got to be planned. 
you really have to, to, to have a plan for your giving and, and for your finances and, and be ready. And then here's the fourth thing. It's, it's got to be personal. Look at verses 6 through 9. Paul says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Verse 8. And God will generously provide all you, and circle this word, all you need. And then you'll be able, you'll, you, and then you will always have everything you need, again, here's the word, and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Each one must give according to what they have decided where. In their hearts. You know, the whole premise of this series, this idea of keeping the change, God changes our hearts as we give, as we live into these biblical principles of generosity. Something happens on the inside of us. You know, we talked about last week the giving myth, the great giving myth. You want to know what the great giving myth is? Here it is. We've, we've, all, we've all succumbed to this. When I make more money or when I get a bonus check or when, when, when I sell something, when I get money coming in, more, more money, I'll give more. You don't need to raise your hand where you are, but any of you thought that before? When I get more, I'll give more. But the data shows us that that's a myth. In fact, people who make less than $75,000 a year percentage-wise are much more generous than those who make over $75,000 a year. Because the more money that comes into your house, guess what? The more things you want to do. The more those buckets start to fill up with all the things that we, we feel like we need to do, and we have to do, and all of a sudden we start serving our money. But Paul says here that, that giving starts in your, your heart. Giving's not tied to your income, it's tied to what's happening in your heart. It's an internal thing, not an external thing. And you know, you may be asking, well, well what, you know, what should I give? And I would say, I would start with this principle of saying, make it personal, because, because giving used to be according to the law. The tithe in the Hebrew Testament was a prescribed way of giving, right? It was, it was a forced way of giving. And now giving is a matter not of the law, but of the heart. We're, we're not forced or prescribed a certain amount. Um, God loves a cheerful giver. God wants us to give not under compulsion or pressure because a preacher or someone saying, you got to do this, you got to do this. Again, God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. And he knows that as we give and live according to these biblical principles about generosity, something's going to happen in our lives. We're going to be changed. If you grew up in the church learning about giving, that's a wonderful gift to you. If you, if you grew up tithing, the principle of tithing, I think it's a wonderful principle. We practice that personally. But, but what I would say is we don't give according to a, a certain percentage or because we're bound to do that by a, by, by a legal oath or a prescription. We give according to the heart because of what God has done for us. Tim Keller said it this way, people who were looking forward, in the Old Testament, people who were looking forward to Jesus gave 10%. What should people who have experienced Jesus, who are looking back at what Jesus has done for us, what should they give? I don't give according to the law. I give according to love. 
Jesus said, all of the law can be summarized in this, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law can be summarized in love. And he, Paul reminds us in Romans 13 that the law, all of the law, is fulfilled in the act of love. So it turns out that giving isn't uh, in response to a law or a prescription. Giving is a response to love, and it's the greatest act of love. In fact, we're never more like God than when we give of ourselves, not just in our finances, but our lives, our service, our time, our effort, our influence, all of it. When we move to a posture of giving, we're never more like God. For God so loved the world that he, he gave. And as we love God as an act of worship and we love our neighbors as ourselves, we move to a posture of giving. Let, let me just give this warning that Paul gives to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Maybe you've heard this before. Paul says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, just to stop there for, for just a second. He doesn't say that, that money is the root of all evil. Money is a tool. It's a resource to be stewarded, right? We direct our money. It doesn't direct us. The love of money is at the root of all kinds of evil. When you, again, back to our word, when you worship or you love money in the way that you're only meant to love God and your neighbor, something happens. Something weird and destructive begins to happen in our hearts. And some people, Paul continues here, some people, listen to these words, just as a warning, some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Maybe you've experienced that personally in your life. Many sorrows that have come into your heart, that have come into your family, your life, or your family system. Maybe you, you look back in the household that you grew up in and there was a craving and a, a love of money that, that pierced people's hearts with, with many sorrows. Again, God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. So as we think about generosity and what, what the Bible says about generosity and about giving, Frame it all up with that, that God wants to spare you from those sorrows. He doesn't want you to experience that. And as we live as generous people, we crush the, the, the back of idolatry, uh, especially when it comes to money. The, the, way to, to, the way to solve greed in your life is to give. The, the, the way to break the back of the idolatry to money and, and being enslaved to money and loving money is to be a generous person and to give. And where do you give? Again, under this principle of making it personal. How much do I give and where do I give? Well, well, again, just editorially, I would say that your giving should begin with a local church. And I think I've got you know, ample reason to say that. You know, the church is, the, is, is God's primary, not the only, but primary agent of bringing gospel transformation and renewal to all of the world. The church comes in all kinds of different shapes and sizes. It's not just New City Church, but the capital C Church, God's people are God's plan to share his purpose with all the world. And so I believe that your giving should begin with the local church. It doesn't have to be this local church, but I would say if it's not this local church, find a local church where, that you can invest in, that you can give to, that you can serve with your time and your energy and your influence, that not only do you participate in the worship service or the things that the church offers, but you give to it, not just with your money, but your participation in serving. 
I know the power and the effectiveness, just to say, of other Christian organizations, and Jen and I personally support several of them ourselves, and I would encourage you to do the same. But I think our giving should begin with our local church, that we should build our giving portfolio, if you will, and plan around that, making it personal to our local church. And I want to just say a word about that really quickly about New City, that we're practicing what we're preaching, literally. I mean, our church tithes and above that gives to other organizations, to missionaries, to partners, to other churches in the city and all around the world to the work of the gospel. We're giving away over 10% of what is given to us to other people. And we also, you know, we're living out these five Ps. You know, we're planning and prioritizing and, and praying and making it personal. And we're trying to be progressive to give even more and more away. And we want to be great stewards of every single dollar that you give to our ministry. So there's lots of sets of eyes on the financials at New City, and that's by design. Whether it's our, our elder board, our finance committee, we hire an outside auditor every single year to come in and look at everything and, and publish a report. The, the audit report, by the way, is published on our giving page if you want to review that. All of our financials are published there. And in the next couple of weeks, you'll be receiving, if you're a part of the New City family, both in digital format and in a hard copy to your mailbox, an annual ministry report to, to connect your giving to personal stories. Because after all, what we're giving to is, is not an organization. What we're giving to is mission, the mission of Jesus to go and make disciples, uh, to, to live the way that God called us to live. And so we want to connect every single dollar you're giving to the mission and the work that New City's doing. We want you to know those stories of life change and transformation. Now, I love this quote from, from Nelson Henderson. He said, generosity is planting shade trees you'll never sit under. I mean, that's such a personal thing, right? That we give to other people, to other stories, and the way that we've been given to, the way that, that God has blessed us and shared with us through Christ, we want to do that with other people. You know, it all comes back to the gospel and what Jesus teaches us through the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And just to go back to chapter 8 really quickly in verse 9, um, Paul says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. It, it, it reminds me of another statement that Paul makes in 2 Corinthians, just a couple chapters before, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Paul says, He who knew no sin, Jesus, became sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. He who was rich became poor, so that we might become rich. And in doing so, the gospel of Jesus models for us what true generosity is, of giving of ourselves to other people. I would just personally ask that all of you who call a new city your home, that this is your local church, whether you attend online or at Matthews or at South Park, however you attend, if this is your local family, your church, that you would give that you would give something. If you're, if you're eating at the table called New City, that you would, you would help buy the groceries and that you would participate um, as an act of worship and giving. Here's the final P. Again, it starts with, with prayer. It's prioritized. It's planned. It's personal. And then here's the final one. It's progressive. Our giving should grow. It should be, as we grow in Jesus, as we progress in our faith, so should our giving. Look at verses 10 and 11 here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul writes, For God is the one who provides the seed 
So, so it belongs, all of it belongs to him anyway, Paul says, for the farmer and the bread that eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. In other words, God's going to change your heart as you give. Somehow, something is going to change inside of us as we choose to give physically. And then verse 11, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous. What, what, Paul doesn't say that you're going to get this X amount of dollars as you give X amount of dollars. No, he's just saying that you're going to grow in your faith and you're going to be changed as you give. Let me be very clear. Uh, God does not bless us because of our giving. We are blessed through Christ, and because of that, we give as a response. Our, our giving, all of our giving, financially, uh, our influence, our time, our whatever, all, whatever your giving might be, all of it comes from what God has already given to us through Jesus. And this breaks the back of the prosperity gospel message, if you're familiar with that, which basically says, if I give to God, then God is obligated to give to me. No, no, no. God already gave to you. And everything you have belongs to him. And we are but stewards of all the gifts that God has given to us. The prosperity gospel, and one of the many troubles with it is that we become God in that scenario that we obligate God to do something for us. He has to give to us if we give to, to him. And we become God, which is back to the original sin in Genesis 3. It's just another way for us to be in control. That's not what Paul is saying at all. At all. What Paul is saying is you get to keep the changes you give. In other words, the change that happens in your life, being enriched in every single way, the, the orienting your heart more towards Jesus, you get to keep all of that as you give. And so you can be generous in all kinds of other ways, financially and otherwise, as you give because God enriches you to do so. We didn't make the first move in the gospel, Jesus did. And so everything else is a response to this inexpressible gift, verse 15 here, that God has given to us through Christ. And as we progress in our, in our, in our um, relationship with Jesus, as we grow in grace, we also grow in our giving. It's been fun through the years to see this happen. Jen and I have been married 20 years this past summer, and it's been awesome to see this journey of generosity in our lives. And it, always, it hasn't always been where it is. Like God has grown our faith. God's grown our trust, our, our, our trust in him to be generous and follow these, these biblical principles that I'm preaching about today. And I would just give a, a shout out to, to my wife who has really helped lead the way in this for us. When we were a young married couple, uh, I was in uh, graduate school and seminary. Jim was a first year CMS teacher. There wasn't a lot of margin in our lives, but Jim was adamant that we tithe and we give and give even above and beyond that. And, and we've never missed a meal, right? We, we haven't eaten, you know, had steak every night. Sometimes it's been beanie weenies, but we haven't missed a meal. God's provided for us, and we have so many only God stories that we can tell about how God's provided, how he's met us, and how we've gotten the, the, the blessing of being able to participate in the work of grace and the gospel through our generosity. You know, there, there's an incredible only God story that awaits each and every one of you on the other side of generosity. 
miracles and stories that build your faith. You know, that's what Paul means when he says you're, you'll be enriched in every way. You'll progress in your faith and your trust as you give and you see how you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. God wants to meet us in that and encourage us to have a heart that's shaped like his of generosity. These are the five P's of giving, of generosity at New City. And just to say them all together here, and if you're taking notes, maybe just write them all out in one, in one place to look at and just meditate on. Our giving should be prayerful. Paul says here in, in 2 Corinthians 8 9, our giving should be prioritized. It's got to be planned. We've got to be ready. It should be personal. It should be connected to only God's stories and giving to the mission of Jesus and, and, and helping other people to be introduced to Jesus. And it should be progressive. It should be growing. I'm not talking about the amount necessarily. It should be growing as we grow in grace in all kinds of ways that we're giving to other people and to the work of the gospel through the years of trusting Jesus in this way. And Paul says lastly here, 2 Corinthians 9, 12, he says, Two good things will result from this, and I love this phrase in the NLT, this ministry of giving, and that's what it is. Giving is a ministry. It's an act of worship to God. He says two things. First of all, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. And secondly, they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So two things result in this type of biblical generosity, these five Ps that, we're, that we teach at New City. Two things come out of it. First of all, real needs will be met. The needs of people will be met. The needs of the gospel and the ministry of the gospel will be met. And secondly, thanksgiving and gratitude will result. It'll, it'll, it'll bubble up in our hearts, both the recipient, recipient and the giver, that, that gratitude and thanksgiving results from this type of generosity. Again, an only God story awaits you and your family on the other side of this type of generosity. Because here's the deal, bottom line. God doesn't want something from you. God wants something for you. God doesn't need anything from you, but God desires something for you. And giving and generosity is one of the ways that he wants to change us to become more like him. To say it another way, when it comes to generosity, we get to keep the change. Let's pray together. God, would you help us today as we, as we hear this message of generosity, as we, as we read about these principles in the scriptures about how we should give, would you give us a heart and a mind to listen? Would you, would you help us to have a generous heart? We, you know, the first principle is prayer, so we're praying now that we would give ourselves first to you and then to others. So, so we give ourselves to you, and would you, would you forgive us? Would you forgive me? for the greed in my own heart, for the ways that my hands can close off to you, especially when it comes to money. Would you help us to have open hands? And would you give us the wisdom and the courage to know what you're asking of us, even now in this moment for our church, what you're asking us to give, how you're asking us to participate, to provide for good news for other people, for needs, real needs to be met. And secondly, for a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving to be cultivated through the gift of generosity. We'll give you the glory for it in the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks so much for worshiping with us today, New City family. I just want each of you to know what an honor it's been for me to serve you in this way through New City Online. Now, if you would, no matter where you are, extend your hands for benediction as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Go in peace, New City.